KXNO, Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, they are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Right, good morning everybody and welcome to Miller and Condon. It's a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, as we will talk sports with you for the next couple of hours on the BMW of Des Moines guest list today. A normal Monday, Dylan Mont slides in here. At the bottom of the hour, 10.30, we'll recap Iowa State's win over Kansas. Take a look ahead to K-State with Dylan as they go on the road into Manhattan. It's a 6 o'clock kickoff uh, on Saturday night. Uh, 11 o'clock, Trent, Bama, and I will recap the week in college football. Take a peek to tomorrow's television program as they unveil the latest playoff rankings. Will there be a change at the top? Can't see it. Can't see it if it would have been a Buckeye blowout. Mm-hmm. The way it looked, it looked like, like it was, was trending be. that way yeah. for quite a while before all of a sudden uh, we got an injury. Got a little tight. Clifford is hurt. Uh-huh. Uh, this is going to get ugly. Oh, hold on a moment. But of course, Ohio State wins that one 28-70. I just, I struggle to see that being enough to push them over and push them back past LSU. Yeah, I'm with you because LSU's got a handful of those wins mm-hmm. over top 10 teams. So we'll see. But the television show airs tomorrow. Uh, maybe as much interest as to, to the locals you know, yeah. as, as much as anything. I should say that Oklahoma going to get some eyeballs on uh, on their movement as they and the Big 12 tries Utah? to move. That's just it, Trent. Uh, if Utah wins out, I don't see. Um, I don't see Oklahoma getting that berth. I just don't see it. It's going to be difficult. I, I, I think that's kind of going to be my work for the week is looking at those two teams mm-hmm. together kind of against each other and their schedule as a whole. It's unfortunate. You know, if, if it wasn't Baylor, if it was a different program in see, the Big I think 12. Baylor's going to give Oklahoma a test in the in championship two weeks, game. Yes, yes. and I, I can see that happening too, but it, it's Baylor uh-huh. and name brands, they matter. Yep. They really do, and I think that's hurting Oklahoma more than anything. If that was Texas, this conversation would be completely different. No, if Texas was having the same season as Baylor, yeah. and they had to win the same way they did against Baylor, the conversation would be different. But because it's the Baylor Bears, even though they've been a good program and what they did four or five years ago with Bryles, mm-hmm. it's still difficult because of that. And it doesn't have as much juice for Oklahoma in that resume. Uh, can I tell you who Texas is having the same kind of season as? <laughs> I saw this little note at 6-5. and five, Texas has the same record as Kentucky, Illinois, and Tennessee. Ooh. How about that category for the long run? I'm certainly starting to wonder if Tom Herman's going to survive after after this weekend. Or, yeah, after this weekend. I think I brought this up to you a couple weeks ago. Tom Herman, shouldn't he be looking around? Well, and he's got a huge bio, Trent, and if he's going to get out in front of the posse, that seems to be, well, I don't know. Pull the offered. Get out before yeah. you're fired. Although he's just got so much money still owed to him. Eh. It's Other schools will options. pay him. Yeah, True. Well, we'll see. Uh, Texas having a disappointing year to Texas fans. I don't yes. think they're very disappointing to any Cyclone fans here in Story County or in the Central Iowa area. So, uh, Bama Bob will be here. We'll go around college football at 11, and then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic at 11.30. We will recap uh, the win over Illinois and take a look, uh, take a look ahead to um, Nebraska, who throttled Maryland, and now if they do beat the Hawks, 
will get bowl eligibility, so a little something extra on the line as far as Nebraska's perspective. It kind of sets up a huge week for both teams, for both Iowa and mm-hmm. Iowa State this week. Mm-hmm. Both teams win this week as they're favored to do. Mm-hmm. I think you look at both of them and they said, really good seasons. Not as good as many people hoped, but really good seasons. It's difficult to to be too upset, I think, on either side. Yeah, um, Iowa State would be 8-4. Eight 8-4. And four, eight and four. Which is where the number came out mm-hmm. um, on in, in the futures. Iowa clearly would be 9-3, and three, and they were lower than that, right? 7.5. 7.5. So, I mean, they've already, they've already hit. Yeah, if you took the over, uh, you've already, uh, you know, you've got, that's money in the bank. Yeah, it, I don't think, Trent, uh, look, there's going to be Hawkeye fans, not mm-hmm. Cyclone fans. Hawkeye, I think Cyclone fans are happy with 8-4, and four, would be happy with 8-4. and four. Um Iowa fans, I don't know. I mean, I, you're one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I get this blowback all the time that it's not good enough. Man, I don't know what more you want. Well, you want a division championship. Okay. And it hasn't happened in five years now. Mm-hmm. And that's, and it's, when you're looking at it just in a vacuum, just 2019 alone, nine and three with the schedule that they had, yes. that's a really good year. I agree. It's a really good year. But that's not the way that it is. Fan bases don't just look at the one individual season. It's the totality of it. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity that has been there the last two years and how close they've been. You know, last year, Northwestern wasn't a very good team. No. What, but won the division. They won the division. Yeah. Iowa had a ton of NFL talent, a very talented team, but found ways to lose games. That Penn State game still sticks in your craw. On and on and on. Now this year, really good defense. Statistically, at least points allowed, one of the better ones in the Kirk Ferentz era. And you're right there. Make a play. One play against mm-hmm. Michigan. You win that. You tie that game. Can I tell you my favorite play against Illinois since you said one play jogged my memory? Christian Wells walk-off sack. Yes. I mean, come on. What a way to end your career. Really, that's Hollywood-esque, right? <laughs> it, it really and truly is. Last play as a senior at Kinnick Stadium puts the quarterback on the ground. Solo sack. Good night now. Drive home safely. I mean, Trent, that's unbelievable. It's like chanting Rudy at yes. the end of it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was a great way to end it, but the Iowa fan base, because of the way these last two years have gone, even at nine and three, it's a great year. But it's but, not just about that year. But, yeah, the uh, chance they, was there. You're going to see Minnesota, Wisconsin, your rival again. Yeah. They're playing for a championship. Right. The opportunity was there, and you couldn't break it down. Uh-huh. And and the three losses, how close all three of those sure. were. How again, making a couple of plays, those games, mm-hmm. at least one of them could have gone differently. I think. I think the Michigan one. What was the most winnable? Of those three, looking back at the gameplay, the way it was played, which one was just a play away? Man, I, you can find a play in all three of them, Trent. That's just it. Penn State, gotta... they were down, what, 17-6, though? Mm-hmm. So that one was kind of... Michigan on the road. See, I think that's the one. That's the one too. that still sticks in the craw. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor. Michigan was not playing very well at that time. They yeah, play them Michigan, now, I think it's a different game. I, I, yeah, I think Michigan would be the answer. That's the one. And it's Michigan. Yeah, right. And a road game in Michigan. Yeah. And winning at the big house, that, that matters. There's going to be a lot of what-ifs. Look, and, there's a lot of what-ifs in Ames. Look, oh, at, their, yeah. look at the word there. Every results. one of them. Every single one of them, for crying out loud. All four. What could have been? Yeah, I mean, they were, they were close. Both of both of these schools were on the precipice of having historical seasons. Um what could have happened? Anyways, we know it's going to happen this weekend. Is, is Iowa, regardless of what happens, San Diego bound? No. No, that, uh, in fact, that has changed a whole lot. So help me out then. I think recently. Fill in the blanks for me. Well, it's kind of a long road to get there, but. And you, where are you trying to get to? 
to get to the Holiday Bowl because the so ho- you don't think the Holiday Bowl is a cinch? Is I that- don't. I don't believe so. Even with the victory, I don't believe so. And I think the Red Box because is very of what much- Michigan. Michigan is a part of it. Okay. And and think of this. You know who the Holiday Bowl wants, don't you? When they take Michigan, they, let's be honest. Yeah, right. And if you get Michigan USC, right? We think that's going to get USC. some eyeballs there. Yeah, where did where's what's the Arizona State? mythical or hypothetical matchup. Uh, where was that holiday or is that Red Box? Arizona State, Iowa. That's a possibility at the holiday. You get the Eno Benjamin Bowl. Mm-hmm. What happened there? I think locally that would generate interest, but the holiday bowl is not looking about local interest. They're looking national. And USC, Michigan would certainly have Yeah, and that'll be big. Two name programs yeah. would go a long way. So that's love as hell of a quarterback, isn't he? He is. And you got your wish, by the way. Uh, USC, UCLA, the baby blues oh, against awesome against the red of, of USC. Yep. Oh, it was so good looking. It really was. So this is the way that it would break down, it, unless Michigan pulls the upset against Ohio State this week. Ohio State goes to the college mm-hmm. football playoff as the two, as whatever yeah. they're in. Mm-hmm. They can be the one, two, three, or four, but they're in the college football play. How would you like to get the two and have to play Clemson? I mean, it's Trent. It's why it's so difficult I these know. days. You just you get in and then you play it off. So the Rose Bowl has their choice. Who are they going to take? Do they take Minnesota off a loss? Do you take Wisconsin? If they lose in the championship game, whoever comes out of there, mm-hmm. do you take Penn State? No, I think you got to take the loser of the Big Ten championship. I think you do, but you're looking at a three-loss Wisconsin team. Uh-huh. So you get into that, but you figure it out. So the Gator Bowl can kind of throw a wrench into things right, here. because they, they can flex, right? They can. They, they have tried. So there's a possibility with all these teams kind of bumping down. Another opportunity that could be there, you have, say, Minnesota or Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. The Cotton Bowl could still select Penn State. So that drives everybody down a slot and... I think if that happens, then you're talking about the Holiday Bowl being a lot. So you're thinking, as we sit here today at 10-10 on a Monday, mm-hmm. Red Box is more likely than Holiday? No, 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 not, not, no, not more likely. Okay. No, no, but, but it's, 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 it's more of a possibility where I was at like gotcha. 10% chance. I would eat the beats Nebraska. They're ninety percent to holiday. Is that the most second likely destination? Is is Red Box, or are you going back to Florida? I I think so. I just. I don't know why the Gator Bowl would want Iowa. They didn't travel there last time. Mm-mm. Iowa fans don't want to go there. I think they're sick of Florida, Trent. Yeah, well, and it's Jacksonville. Uh-huh. Tampa, they've been there. They know what they're going to do. They have fun. Well, they, and they can't go. Right. And they're not going there. Yeah. Orlando, they haven't been there since 2004. I think there'll be excitement there. Jacksonville is just meh. Yeah, I've never been. It's just, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't generate a whole lot. Where San Diego, it's a new destination. It's uh-huh. excitement. I don't think, you're not going to get 20,000 there, but you can get 10. No. I think they sold like 4,000 tickets to the Gator Bowl last time, if memory serves. And you're looking at the same kind of thing here. People wouldn't be excited for it. I don't know why they'd want to flex in Iowa. What about Iowa State? Because it seems to me, I mean, if they win, I think the Camping World Bowl, mm-hmm. although the bowl chair of the Alamo Bowl was on the pregame show, apparently, and he came right out, flat out said, look, if it's our pick and Iowa State is still there, we are taking Iowa State. There's nothing that says we can't have the same team in back-to-back years. Why wouldn't they take them? Well, and, and this is what I struggle with, too. Think of everything that surrounded last year and the excitement around it. That was their best bowl game since the 70s. Yes. There was excitement for that. Right. It, was, it wasn't a drivable like Memphis was, but it was mm-hmm. still 
Hey, hop on 35. It's a little bit longer, but you can get there easily. Memphis is, by the way, on that list at the bottom of the... I think it's... What, what did I see? I saw Camping World 1, uh, San Antonio 2, Houston 3, Memphis 4. But like 5%. And that's oh, me okay. breaking it down. Oh, you know what? Well, we'll know a week from today. But a week from to, today. It's fun to speculate. God, it's so sad that it's over, isn't it? It's but but so if I the Elmo, what did they get last year? Twenty five, thirty thousand. I don't know the exact number. It, that, I think they that spent was the money. They, they couldn't spend their money fast enough. Trent, you're not going to get that same amount of people again. Would you in Orlando? I think so. I think there's a chance that you would get that big number to Orlando. They were better, Florida. No. Well, yeah, there was once in the 70s. We got, well, they played right. a road game at Florida State right. for a bowl game. Right. And been to Florida. Right. Think of the excitement for that. And talk about a family trip going to Orlando. Oh, my. Hey, we're going to hit Disney. We're yeah. going to hit the football game. We're yeah. going to do it both. But our turn trip, you want to go back to San Diego? San Antonio is fun. But back-to-back years, use your vacation money on that. Iowa State fan base travels incredibly well. Yeah, the families want Florida for sure. They do. For sure. And you want something new. You want something different. They'll travel. They're not going to travel the way they did last year to San Antonio. Here's the thing. If if you get to the Camping World Bowl in Orlando, the most likely foe, the team on the other side of the field, those fighting Irish. Well, and that ramps it up to oh another degree. I mean, you, you're going from uh, playing a, a team from the Pac-12. It was two years ago, three years ago. They are playing Memphis in the Liberty Bowl, and the place was going bonkers. And now you're playing Notre Dame. Right, you got a Pac-12 school last year with Mike Leach, which mm-hmm. is okay, Washington State, but Mike Leach, okay. Right, right. Now you get Notre Dame. Or if you get back to Alamo this year, it seems like it's going to be Oregon. That would be nice. Oh, my, the two matchups, those would be juicy. I'm just looking at it from their perspective. I just I wonder if their anticipation is we're going to get another 25, 30,000. That's not going to be the case. 15 to 20, you can sell me on that. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be the same numbers. And if you're the Alamo Bowl and you have the opportunity to take somebody closer that is going to travel and travel in mass, like a Texas, no, they're not going to be there for a week. I don't, I don't think Texas is going to be there. Trent. I don't think so either. You know who I think the, the other option is? Is Baylor. Well, You want Baylor, you want Iowa State. I, don't, I think it's an easy answer. Do you? I do. I mean, Baylor's still got that taint to them. They do, but their fan base still is mm-hmm. fans of the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking for people. that You don't care about public sentiment, do you? A Baylor team that's been in the top 15 for the past six weeks? You know, I, look, I think they've got a big big chance to beat Oklahoma. I will, uh, then they're I going to the Sugar Bowl. My, right. I won't fall off my chair at all if they pick off the Sooners in the Big 12 championship. I really won't. Baylor, Alabama, Sugar Bowl? Yeah, I could see because I think Bama look, by twenty four and a half. Be a big number. I, I think Alabama's out, Trent. I just don't see a path for Alabama to get in. They club Auburn this weekend, thirty one three. Do you think that'll happen? No, I don't either. But it happens. So that's what you're saying. They they win and win impressively and make a statement in their final game of the year. Mac Jones goes off. He has three touchdown uh-huh. passes. Hits eighty percent of his throws. Three against that throws Auburn defense. Good luck, Mister Jones. Then the conversation changes. Uh huh. Then it's not only does Utah have to beat Oregon in the championship game, they have to beat them convincingly, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think so, yeah. I think, well, I think regardless, I think for Utah to feel really good about going to sleep on, sun, on Saturday night, they have to throttle, or Friday night. Well, Friday they play night, Friday, yeah. so they'll have a couple of days. Oh, man, how, how long of a Saturday oh, is man. it going to be for Utah? If really? They, especially if they win, they win it by a score, 27-20. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there. 
And every single television in that state is going to be tuned to the Big 12 championship game yes. at 11 o'clock, yep. I guess. Are they in the mountain? I think they are. 10 o'clock, their time. Uh, regardless, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun week. It's a sad week on one hand, but there's so much to try and figure out here, and we'll do our best to muddle our way through that. Um, what else? NFL from yesterday. Did you watch the Dallas-New uh, England game at all? Because I thought that like, ref, the refereeing's been a Tripping. story. Trent, twice. Tripping. Come on, right? Yes. Especially the last one. In zero, I mean, it wasn't tripping to begin with, but to make that call the way that they did, and then to have every single person who bet on that game <laughs> trying to hand figure, raise right. And I had him in my pick, so I was paying a close attention. A for, perfect yeah, one out of Ken Miller. Much. Yes, thank you very much. Five and O's. Chris I, Williams like twelve and three in the last three that's weeks. Pretty good. I, I four and one for me, by the way. So we hit ninety percent. One game on you this week. He only picked up a game. Oh my! You're still like three and a half back. <laughs> I'll go five and You got through the Super Bowl. Yeah, we do. We, we start we start left. to cut back on games though as we get a little deeper here. Mm-hmm. Uh but nonetheless, yeah, the the tripping call trip come on, right? Yeah. That was brutal. Look, New England's defense, I gotta give them credit. I thought that they were up against it with Dallas for the first time. They're gonna face a, a really uh, well, a bad decent now the weather was awful as we know. Yes. But I thought that Dak and Cooper and no Zeke catches. and none. Well, the one at the end that they took away, and it was the right call. Yeah. The ball hit the ground, clearly. And then you're just wondering, is New England going to score? Are they going to kick the field goal? I wonder what Jason Garrett's thinking. Trent, he's not thinking. You know what he's thinking now is where he's going to be working next year because Jerry Jones essentially fired him yesterday. Yes, he did. And he was talking about special teams. You know who else did? Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman was not a happy camper watching that game. That's the first time... Since I've listened to Troy Aikman, uh-huh. where he, I know where you're going, he looked or he sounded like a former cowboy, and I think he's really good. I do too. I'm not criticizing Troy, but that's the first time I thought he sounded like number eight. Yeah, he he had the cowboy <laughs> silver and blue, <laughs> yeah, coursing through his veins during yeah. that one. And and you're right, I never. In general, I get annoyed with people complaining. Oh, he's just a homer for mm-hmm. them, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Because well, usually I, the arrows are pointed at his partner. Well, yes, yes, and, and I don't, I just don't see it that often, as often as fan bases do, and I don't get all wrapped up in he's rooting against our. Well, who cares if he is? Right, you're it? rooting for your team. It's not going to make a difference one way or the other. But regardless of that, you could tell he was pissed off. He was frustrated. It was significant. Yeah, it was yesterday. You mentioned Garrett. Isn't this a perfect game? All right, you paid Zeke all the money. We're giving it to him thirty mm-hmm. times. The weather's crap. Weather? You can't throw the football against no, New England. You can't. You certainly can't. not in those conditions. No, when they finally found Cobb, how about the play one of the McCourty brothers made? Was it McCourty? Yeah, it was one of the McCourty's coming up behind him on the sideline, punching yes. the ball. Now Cobb got it back, but what an unbelievable play. i I got to share this with you. I, I almost tweeted it last night, and then I thought, you know what? Maybe no one else is going to f- find this funny. You, see, you saw Sunday Night Football, right? I did. So there was a part of the football, uh, at some point in the football game, it was in the second half, and they were coming back from a break, and I have no idea, I, I don't get the fit other than it's Thanksgiving week, and they were in a turkey barn, <laughs> and Al Michael says, it'll be a rough week for that group. <laughs> it's going to be a rough week for that group. And he's showing all the, I mean, Trent, honest to God, I don't think I... I woke my wife up. You were laughing that hard? I was just, I was, now again, I had a couple of pops. Uh, okay, all right. Maybe a puff at the time. So I thought, <laughs> you know, I don't want to tweet that because what if I'm the only one laughing? 
I thought it was priceless. I got to give me a, it's gonna be a, a rough week for that group. I, I wonder if there was any blowback for that. I mean, this, nah, this is the, era, the world we live in, right? I mean, the PETA folks probably will get upset yes, about it. But what, what? Look at who doesn't eat turkey for the most part, right? Eight yes. out of ten. Four out of five, nine out of ten people have a turkey. <laughs> Rough night for the Packers. Whoa. Oh, they look Here's the thing, awful. Trent. I think we might have been looking at the best team in the NFC last night. So did we get a Super Bowl re- uh, matchup yes. this week? A preview? Baltimore 49ers? They're both. Um, you and I will cut our Mediacom show tomorrow. We do our power rankings as part of it. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had Baltimore on top of the AFC for well, uh, since they beat New England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I finally flipped last week. You did, and I think San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. New Orleans is good. They are. New Orleans got a little lucky yesterday, I thought. Well, I didn't watch I mean, there much was, of that game. Did you? I did. I, I, in fact, I watched more of that probably than the Bears game just because, ugh. I, I tried to watch your Bears. They're not fun. No. I was it, watching my Broncos fall to the Bills, which was glorious. This is how bad it was. So, noon I was on ESPN watching. Uh, you were watching the end of the of the uh, morning. Yes, yeah. And Countdown. coming up next, Virginia, Arizona State. I kept it there for 10 you minutes. Watch basketball? I was watching college hoops, not involving Ira, Iowa State. College hoops between Arizona State and Virginia for the first 10 minutes. And I finally You're said. You're aware there's only a handful of these Sundays left. Well, right? it was your voice was going through my head at the time. Ken would say, you only have a few more of these left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to take advantage of it. So now, I, will you listen to me tomorrow night and watch the double dip of Maction? Because oh, this God, is no. it tomorrow. No. No way. No, no, no. I'll be watching college hoops. We got Maui going on. We got all kinds of tournaments. <laughs> That's not going to get me uh, the Maction. And it's a bad Maction. So I, we know that Iowa State plays Michigan at 11 o'clock on Wednesday morning. When yep. do the Hawks play? Do we know? Seven, 8 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, right in that range on Thursday evening. So Thanksgiving, just at the time the Falcons and the Saints are kicking off, I I will plays really plays Texas Tech, Tech. Thursday seven o'clock our time. Okay, yeah, I'm in. And what? And who's got that? Do you know FS One. Okay, so both their games will be on FS One. Of course, depending on what happens. Mm-hmm. Or did you watch any out. of Iowa yesterday? I, I watched did. a little bit. Listen, actually, I was hanging Christmas lights for a while yesterday afternoon, so I was uh-huh. listening to Dolph during the call. He, he was frustrated at times, as was he seems he? to do with the basketball well, team. Well, he couldn't have been frustrated with C.J. Frederick because Hit I saw threes him, all over him the make place. some big shots. Nunji went down. Mm-hmm. I saw the injury, and he got stepped on, too, which was just made insult to injury. He's He was back on the bench, but where is he? he they were icing the knee MRI today. Oh, uh, today Fran is today? Said. Okay. So they'll have the MRI today. We'll see on that one. It was a non-contact injury mm-hmm. normally. It's usually not good news, right? Right. When you see something like that, yep. trying to jump stop, and then the knee gives out. That's usually ACL. We'll he's see. Lying on that. in the paint, and the dude keeps stepping on him, yeah, kicking him with the back of his heels. Like, good God, um, blow the whistle! You're up there, up by twenty, <laughs> crying out loud. You know, every time I see one of those teams from California, I don't know what it is. These mid majors, even low majors, like why aren't they better? Yeah. Why isn't there a power? Pro- I know Gonzaga obviously has turned into a power program, but why aren't there a couple of teams? Why isn't I don't know, Fresno State good every year. Why isn't... Well, St. Mary's pretty good every year. They are. That's a good one. Yeah. Pepperdine. We talked about them, yeah. I think, last week. Why aren't they good every single year? I don't get it. Aren't there enough players in California Boy, to go you'd around? Think, right? You'd certainly think. All right, we think we've got Dylan Mons coming up next. In fact, we're, we know we do. We look forward to uh, catching up with Dylan. Six o'clock kick. Who's got that? Is it FS1? I think so. 
So I do too. You know what? I'm going to get this up in front of me right now, and then I will be able to tell you for certain it is indeed FS1. We know Iowa Iowa plays rather at 1:30 on BTN. Now we've got Friday. Um, so we've been talking about what's going on here, and I think <laughs> it's pretty cool that you know so many people are going to participate. Um, the morning rush will be here on Friday morning, and then at eight, Travis. And Ross take their sound off, their pregame show, down the hall to WHO from 8 until 10. You and I go 10 to noon. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be cyclone programming in, in the afternoon on Black Friday. And that'll be Sean Roberts, Emery Songer, and Eric Zamorin. They're calling it a cyclone takeover from 2 until 5. So while I was playing, yes. if you're an Iowa State fan, you know that's the last thing you want to do, right? Is right. listen to Nebraska and Iowa. <laughs> I mean, two rivals that you don't like. Who doesn't? If you hate one of those, if you have a hate, it's probably one of those two schools. Absolutely, right? Who else would it be? Uh, So there's going to be cyclone programming from two until five with uh, uh, the pregame guys and uh, Eric Zamora from uh, what do they call Cyclone Takeover on KXNO from two until five. And then where is sound off after the game? Is that on dot com only? I think it is because Iowa men play. Oh, I, I think gotcha. that the the yeah the calling the post game sound off is actually on dot com only I'm because the basketball sure. team will be because playing. there's a conflict. Yes, gotcha. So even though it's Black Friday, there's gonna be a lot of programming, mm-hmm. and if you're out and about uh, and uh, you need a, a fix, stuck in the car, right? Wipes um, out shopping. You're sitting there. I'll got keep, options. I'll keep the car warm, honey. You don't mm-hmm. worry. I'm gonna find a parking spot. And well, I'll listen. drop. No, no, no. This. I'll I'll drop you off at the door. Text me, Text when, you're, me yeah. when you're leaving. Yes. Boom. Down path. And we'll hang out with you on Black Friday. Uh, Dylan Mods joining the program next. We will hear from Dylan. I think, as I think back to the football game, I think Iowa State got through unscathed injury-wise. Was there an injury for Iowa? Hmm. I don't recall one. I don't think so. I think both of them came out of that one. Pretty much on skate. Nothing jumps to mind at the no. very least. A couple of seniors jump into mind in their final game. We talked about Christian Welk, walk-off sack. How about Michael Petway? Boy, he's made a yes. on that team. A couple of touchdowns against Kansas, his final uh, go-around. Um, good weekend of football in the state of Iowa, no doubt about that. Dillamont joins the program next. Bama Bob at 11. Scott Darkman, an hour from now. Trent and I until noon. It's Miller and Condon. We're glad you're with us. Des Moines Sports Station, 14. Oh. They're not going to catch the leader. Keep up with KXNO on Twitter and Facebook. Go to KXNO.com to learn more from 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Cotton in Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO with you until noon. 11 o'clock hour. Bama Bob, Trent and I will go around college football. Uh, Scott Jockerman about an hour from now on Iowa, Illinois. And I'll look ahead to Nebraska. Uh, and Iowa, one thirty on Friday afternoon. Let's get Dylan Monson here. As he joins the program. We'll pick his brain as to what he thinks the latest is uh, regarding the potential bowl destination. Boys, sure seems uh, Brett McMurphy from Stadium just came out with his most recent. He's got Iowa State uh, hosts are playing Notre Dame in Orlando. He's got Iowa hosting Herm and uh, <laughs> not hosting, but uh, matching up against Arizona State. Two juicy ones, if indeed that's the way it works out. Dylan, Trenton. Ken, now look, it, it worked out well for me. Sadly, for the media, they wanted an earlier kickoff. Uh, you guys are going to be forced to spend some time the night uh, around Manhattan on sa- on Saturday. Sorry about that, but how are you, Dylan Monts? 
Well, I'm a little salty about that, but otherwise I'm pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> good to talk. Well, let's do the bull stuff first before we break down the game and then to take a little look ahead. You'll join us on Friday uh, to, to get a last look at uh, K-State, Iowa State. But uh, it, it sure seems as though Orlando, as we sit here today, assuming they beat uh, K-State and they're favored to do so, looking more and more like Orlando, is that how you see it, Dylan? Yeah, especially if they beat Kansas State on Saturday, I think that it's between the Camping World Bowl or the Alamo Bowl. I, I still think there's probably an outside, outside shot at San Antonio, but from everything, from how the rest of the Big 12 is kind of shaken out, uh, especially at the top, I think um, Camping World is probably the most likely destination and with some movement uh, possible depending on um, you know, the outcome of that Baylor-Oklahoma Big 12 title game and maybe some of how the rankings around 8 through 10 or 12 move uh, here in the next couple weeks. Still, yeah, there's a lot out there. And if Oklahoma would find their way into the playoff, then the highest remaining team or whoever the Sugar Bowl wants, probably Baylor, is going to be going to the Sugar Bowl, and then everybody moves because of that. I mean, just, there's so much back and forth that happens here. It, it makes it incredibly difficult. We were talking earlier. Where do you think Iowa State fans, if they do get Orlando, are, are we talking about another 25,000, 30,000 making it down to Orlando for that game? Uh, I probably wouldn't doubt people. Uh, the, the minute I say people, uh, not as many people would show up. They'd probably show up in droves. And mm-hmm. uh, Florida in uh, late December sounds pretty nice compared to the Iowa winters. So <laughs> I, I think the thing with Orlando is probably a little bit logistically tougher than what San Antonio or Memphis is. But um, it's still kind of a destination for people. And especially, um, like Ken mentioned, if you get an opponent like Notre Dame, um, in a in a game like that, that probably swings the tide a little bit too, and more people would show up. But um, a little hard to predict just because of uh, the prices, maybe of what it would be, and um, you know the flights down and, and things like that. Dylan, did you run into people last year? And I'm I'm assuming there had to have been some um, that drove to San Antonio. How, how far? I mean, I think Memphis was. I'm trying to remember how long it took. It had to be. I mean, almost 12 hours, right? 11 hours to Memphis? I don't recall exactly. Five hours to St. Louis and then straight south. So it's probably nine and a half, ten. But what, what was San Antonio? Do you know, Dylan? Yeah, San Antonio, I'm, I'm trying to think. It's probably, I want to say, is it like 12 hours to Dallas? And then you're talking about another four or five <sighs> from there, maybe? I mean, that's a it's a bear of a drive. Yeah. Um, but it, it is kind of interesting because I've talked to some Iowa State football parents on some of these road trips. Um, and a, a large contingent of them have driven to all the road games. That includes Texas Tech, Baylor, West Virginia. Um, we drove down to Oklahoma, too. They were mm. doing that as opposed to flying. So uh, people will drive. I, I think you could make a little bit of an experience out of it. You see some different things along the way. But, um, you know, I, it, it's obviously preferable to fly with the time you save. But I, I think uh, a lot of people do opt to drive. Well, let's uh, let's take a look back, uh, Dylan, what we saw this past weekend and, you know, uh, look, I got, you have to give Kansas credit. I think their arrow is clearly pointing upwards. Iowa State wins the football game, but trailed a couple of times, uh, in that fourth quarter, not to be deterred. They came right back, took the lead, and then, uh, you know, opened up at the end. Um, Brock Purdy just had another Brock Purdy type game, right? It just, uh, I, I don't know where he's going to f- uh, rank when it's all said and done, knowing that he's still got a couple more years. I mean, he's already starting to pick off quarterback records. Um, we're, we're spoiled, right? We're, as, as a media and certainly as a fan base, you're spoiled to watch this kid play week in and week out. Yeah, it's it's pretty unbelievable the kind of season he's turning in. And it, it, I was talking to some other people about this, and the interesting thing is just how um, 
I don't know, pedestrian some of his games feel when you're watching it real time, but then yeah. you go back and look at the numbers and he's putting up all these no all these, you know, crazy stats and breaking these single season records and part of it was just of how much he came out like gangbusters last year and and kind of lit the world on fire. That became the norm, even though he, he was playing at such a high level. So if he does make a couple mistakes here and there, it feels like his play is devalued, even though mm-hmm. he, he makes up for it in so many other ways. But, uh, yeah, I, certainly in my time covering the team and, um, you know, maybe even thinking back to when I was a kid, when I would watch Iowa or Iowa State, he, he's a, he just the way he can make plays um it, it, you don't see that very often so really kind of uh, uh, an incredible season for him and um certainly deserves all the the conversation around him that he does get Trent do you remember uh, the conversation that we had after was it the Oklahoma State game where he struggled a little yes, bit yeah. well he's never been here how's he going to react right bounce back in a pretty <laughs> yeah, big he way sure did. hey a guy that uh, continues to pop here as the season goes on Sean Shaw Jr yeah, good had that late touchdown had a really nice play early in the game up the sideline he's a guy that he fits the prototype that Iowa State's had now over the last six, seven years, that really tall receiver. It was Akeem Butler before that, of course, Alan Lazard. His development and you know his speed, that, that's the thing with these big wide receivers you always wonder about. You know how fast that guy is and, and going forward what the plans are for him? Yeah, I think that is maybe the one thing that separates him from some of the other big wide receivers that they've had in the past is he does get out a little bit quicker, is able to break on routes. Um, uh, he's able to find open spaces, which is really big. Um, and for him, uh, he was a guy we talked about going into the season, too, as maybe um, one of those candidates to fill the wide receiver spots. We didn't know exactly what Michael Petway was going to look like. Um, Tariq Milton moving outside, we didn't know exactly how that would look, although we thought he would probably get um, you know, a lot of targets, receptions, yards. But I think um, now, especially with the Deshante the, the Jones stuff, so we're going to find out hopefully soon from Matt Campbell maybe what his status or prognosis is after that. Um, what looked like a shoulder injury. Oh, that's um, right. I forgot season. about that. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, we could see more of Sean Shaw maybe uh-huh. moving to the outside and Freak Milton playing inside if, if Deshante was not able to go. Um, so that, that kind of is an interesting wrinkle for this weekend, too. But, uh, yeah, I think um, they got to be really happy with the, the way he's progressed. And, um, obviously, if Purdy's looking to him as much as he is maybe down the stretch here, uh, that's an encouraging thing as well because he has gained that trust. Yeah, Deshante Jones, uh, Trent and I were trying to think if there was anybody who got hurt, and yes, it was him. He was his right shoulder for sure, and he came to the – and he left the field, did he not, Dylan? Uh, did he come back from the locker room and get in after that? I don't recall. He definitely didn't get in. Um, I didn't see him come back. Uh, I was kind of um, – as, as the plays were going on, I, I remember watching it. He had that catch, and then went to the ground, and then it bolted immediately to the yeah. sideline. and looked like his arm was hanging a little bit. Um, he got checked out there uh, as he was kind of kneeling down, and then I saw him walking back towards the locker room, but didn't see him return. So, yeah, I think um, you know that's it's it's a huge. If he is not able to go, that's a huge loss, just given um, the, how how pretty he uses them and what he can do to defenses. So that's that's kind of the shuffle. Maybe you'll see, but um, we should hopefully know more a little bit either later this afternoon or or tomorrow when Matt, Matt Campbell meets with the media. Dylan, I absolutely laughed at the hiring of. Les Miles at Kansas, like, oh boy, this is just a guy collecting checks out there. And they're 3-8, and eight, but you saw a team that was out there competing to the end. Puka Williams, just a sophomore, as I told Ken last week. He'll be back for next season. This is, I don't know, how, how is this going to end for Les Miles? Can you at least, can you see the forest through the trees that maybe he can get him back to a bull here in the next couple of years? 
I've been to every Kansas Iowa State game in the last decade, and this is the best Kansas mm-hmm. team that I've seen. And I know that's not probably saying much no. given <laughs> what the recent history is, but I, I do think, uh, like you and Ken mentioned, they are pointing in the right direction. They're, the quarterback play was a lot more consistent. They have a big playmaker in Puka Williams. Um, you know, the defense is susceptible to, to big plays and, and giving up yards, but I, I think um, they've always – it's kind of interesting. They've always seemed like they've had guys and talent, but have just never been able to organize it in the way that you need to, especially when you get up against some of these other um, big boys in the in the Big 12. But I think they are um, probably starting to figure things out. They should have you know, won a couple more games. They lost to Coastal Carolina at home. It is one that hurts for them, the missed opportunity at Texas. So there are uh, times when they are a little bit closer, and I think um, you know it might still be a couple or a few years away, but – um, they they aren't going to be quite the doormat that they've been um, the last ten years or so. I got a kick out of your Twitter feed on Saturday pregame, Delamonte. Apparently, you were scoping out Les Miles and just waiting for that moment when he would reach down to the turf and grab a piece of turf from Jack Trice Stadium and park it in his mouth, and you were there to wit- witness it. What was that moment like for you, Dylan? Yeah, it was unbelievable. I, it was almost uh, by accident. I was actually I just had my binoculars out and I was tracking him while while he was going through warm-ups just to see um, who he was talking to, if it was the quarterbacks or whatnot. And he went down to that uh, south end zone right in front of the uh, Stukup Club and uh, bent down while they were running drills, picked up a piece of grass, put it right in his mouth, and smiled at one of the guys standing That's next awesome. to him. So uh, that kind of became the uh, his thing down at LSU, and it's, yep. it followed him to Kansas. And uh, it was nice probably for him that it was real grass and not uh, some of the turf that you find everywhere else in the league. And the Ames Tribune was there to capture the moment. Uh, let's uh, a couple more before we let you go. Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune uh, is our guest. A couple of guys that uh, stood out to me defensively. Boy, Will McDonald's lights going on. He's really starting to play uh, like some of the hype that was surrounding him. And we don't know where you know weight wise where he's going to be at. And looking forward to seeing him come back in the fall and see if he's been able to beef up a little bit at the at uh, certainly hopefully not at the expense of taking away some of that speed and that quickness that makes him so uh, the player. That is. And then Anthony Johnson as well jumped off. I thought Anthony Johnson really uh, had a good game against Kansas. How about those two, Dylan? Yeah, first with Will McDonald, uh, that was kind of the guy we thought maybe we would see at the beginning of the year, just given what he did last year when he redshirted playing in those four games. But, um, you know, he talked a little bit about the transition from defensive line to linebacker and back to defensive line. And he said he didn't necessarily feel uncomfortable at linebacker when he gave it a try there, but he just um, in that Sam spot, you have to play so much of the field and do so many different things that it takes away a little bit maybe from what his forte is as a, as a player. So putting him back on the defensive line, having him just rush ahead against a uh, tackle and, and make a play like that is, is kind of where he's at right now and um, made a couple really big ones uh, against Kansas. And um, he even got held on one too. So I, I think right. the biggest thing for him and his development is to add some weight. Uh, if he can put on maybe another, I don't know, 20 25 pounds, which is asking a lot. Um, but if he can do that, I think it takes his, his ceiling to another level. And then Anthony Johnson, uh, Matt Campbell had a lot of good things to say about him after the game, too. Kind of, um, you know, almost saying that he's he, he's got a, a quicker step on maybe some of the plays this year in the past breakups than any other cornerback uh, that they've seen in 2019. So, um, yeah, having a guy like him where – you can throw him out on an island a little bit and trust him to go at least have a play on the ball or, or know where, where he's at is, is really big. And then he kind of lumped Tavon Kyle in there as well mm-hmm. as a yep. guy who's developed really well. But um, two young guys, uh, too, so that kind of bodes well 
uh, for the future of the defense, um, just given maybe some of the other areas that they'll have to replace, especially on the line. Yeah, got held, went to the ground, got up, and made a play. Unbelievable. That's quickness. Uh, Dylan, we are out of time. Thank you, as always. We'll talk to you on Friday, Dylan. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, and we'll reconvene on uh, on Friday at some point in the 11 o'clock hour, all right? Yeah, sounds great, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. And to you. Dylan Mons from the Ames Tribune, amestrib.com. Uh, Trent, uh, since uh, in the midst of our Iowa State conversation, some disappointing mm-hmm. Hawkeye basketball news. Yeah, uh, Jack Dungey out for the season, torn ACL, something we speculated about a little bit earlier in the hour here, talking Iowa hoops, but his season is over. He will, uh, well, he redshirted last season, so there's no redshirt available for him. It'll be a, mm. a lost year of eligibility. He'll be back next year as a junior. But Jack Nungy done for the year, and all of a sudden... His last two games are his best two games, Yeah, too, yeah, right? he seemed like he was finally coming up. Really struggled those first two games he out. He'd come back and, and started to come on a little bit here. And Boy. it sure looks to me that Bohannon is going to play in the Iowa State game. And then shut it down. And then shut it down. And sh- Yes. Because that it's funny how it works out. Him missing yesterday will now get him to the Iowa State game. That would be his 10th game. Aha. Uh-huh. So math-wise, he's going to play against the clones, uh-huh. and then be, and then that'll be it. So, um, Bohannon, now Nunji off this team. Of course, there were defections from last year. I mean, the guys, one graduating, one leaving a year uh-huh. of eligibility on the table. Let the young guys go. Well, and Frederick was really good yesterday. He was. Frederick was really good yesterday. And he was playing, is, I mean, Luca Garza's. He's playing at a high level. Isn't he? Yes. Yeah. McCaffrey continues to run the yes, team well. He does. Tucson is exciting for the future. Mm-hmm. Pieces are there. Not for this year. No. No. It's a rebuilding year. So who goes to the starting lineup? Ooh. Give me your. Well, let me. Uh, if, if you want to play big, okay. It's either Creener or Pepsi. Creener. Creener or Pepsi. It's got to be Creener. Pepsi okay. had a nice game yesterday. He did. It's got to be Creener. Okay. I guess Iowa State has got to be Pepsi. <laughs> right, right. After what he did to him yes. last year. Yes. How about this? Most everybody in college basketball is going small. Uh huh. Why don't you do that with Iowa? Why don't you play basically a four guard lineup? Okay. And, and Garza. And Garza. And put Tucson in there. So I was going to say, you, you play Tucson, both Tucson, McCaffrey, yep. Frederick, mm-hmm. Wieskamp, mm-hmm. Garza. Give it a whirl. I like that lineup. Give it a whirl. That lineup excites me. Will we see that to start <laughs> Thursday night? So what do you think? So who comes out and who goes in? Creener goes in? I think Pemsel might get the start. Do you think so? Just because Creener's been so good with that second unit. Yeah, it's true. Don't have as much flexibility up front, though, that you once had. With the four guys that you had playing the four and oh, five that's spots. That's a blow to him, especially after last year. He's you sit out a year, year, you get better. Uh, five games into the year, it's over. Uh, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back, finish up the hour. Bama, Bob, Trent, and I go around college football. What did we see this weekend? What do we think we're going to hear tomorrow? I, no change in the top four, right? I don't think so. I don't think anything goes Ohio there. State beats Penn State, stays at two. Yeah. I was looking at Bill Bender's projections because I know you love these things. Yeah, what, what's Bender got? Well, the New Year's Six. Does this really what what gets you excited here? Lay outside on. of the semifinal games, Florida, Memphis, and the Cotton Bowl. No thanks. Virginia, Georgia, and the Orange oh Bowl. Oh my God, brutal. Your Rose Bowl, Minnesota, Utah. Like it's great yeah, for both of them, but it's yeah. still. And I think for so, both sides. So Bender doesn't have Utah in the playoff. Right. Then who's he, he got? He's, he's got, got Oklahoma? Oklahoma. And then that means your Sugar Bowl is Alabama, Baylor. Oh. <laughs> 
I mean, those, those are your New Year's Six games. Well, it's not like we're not going to watch, well, but yes. right, yeah, doesn't really no, get you revved up. And it, can you imagine being a Utah fan? And you finally get to the Rose Bowl. You're playing Minnesota, or being a Minnesota fan, and you finally get to the Rose <laughs> you got Bowl. Utah. You're playing Utah. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of, you know, from the Utah perspective, you're not taking on Ohio State or Michigan mm-hmm. or Penn State. You get Minnesota. Minnesota, you don't get USC or Washington or you get Utah, UCLA, any of them. You're right, right. Yeah. That's weird. That is interesting angle. We'll come back, finish up the hour. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station for Bluffroom.com. Hawkeyes, Cyclones, Panthers, and Bulldogs. Yeah, we got that covered. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Final couple of minutes here. Trent and I take you until noon. Uh, Friday night, you and Wayne Whips, of all people. Yes, my your buddy man. Whipper. Uh, so I listened to you guys. I'm glad you uh, pointed that out on Twitter that uh, that you guys are going to be calling the game. Not that I would have listened to you do it solo or wouldn't have, I mean. Uh, but I did listen to some of the game. And I watched quite a bit of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was pretty entertaining. Uh, Dowling, look, I, I admit that I was kind of pulling for Valley just because Dowling wins every year. And now it's seven in a row. And now it's seven in a row. It's unbelievable. Uh, the right team won the football game, from what I saw. Uh, what were your, some of your takeaways? You know, Gavin Williams is such an that's the running back prospect, yeah, and a guy that you know is a youngster. He was out there as a freshman playing for Southeast Polk as a sophomore, put together a really solid season. Mm-hmm. That's when some of the big offers started to come in, mm-hmm. and it was difficult at times to see, boy, can this guy be a high level D one running back? And the offensive line at Southeast Polk was okay at times, mm-hmm. but then he wouldn't have the rest of the offense that went along with it. And right. they made that run last year to the semifinals. He played really well, but it was just him tugging the team along with him. Now behind a very good offensive line in Dowling, and he can pick his spots. And he, he has run so much more confidently than I'd ever seen him run before. He was a guy, frankly, that I, I always wondered about. Boy, is he going to be a guy that can crack that rotation as a running back in Iowa? And now after seeing him and working in that scheme, I think there's a chance. He was an absolute stud. No, he was. You know what? Both teams had good running backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Creighton Mitchell Valley, on one side. Number who, nine, right? Yeah, yeah, who is really fast. And he's yeah. not a real big guy. He's committed to play at North Dakota uh, for the Fighting Sioux up there. The other running back, no, though, no, Williams. No, 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 They're no longer Oh, they're, the they're always Sioux. the Fighting Sioux. Well, I'm with you, but. That's what they'll be. What are they, the Hawks now? Uh, the, I'm not even sure. I think they're the Hawks now. I think that's what it is. But he's got a. he's committed there. He did get a preferred walk-on opportunity, though, at Iowa. So he got to weigh that. You know, scholarship offer. Is it a full scholarship? Is it half? We don't know that. But you know, making those decisions, what it's going to be. But the other running back, Williams, is really good. He's just a junior. His dad played at UNI. He was on the teams in 07 and 08. He was out there, uh, had him when he was 17. Had Jaden when he was 17 years old. And, and now watching his kid play at the Dome, pretty cool, where you played mm-hmm. your college football. Mm-hmm. They're in good shape. But What about Jackson Filer? He he jumped off a little bit too. Yeah, he, he played really well, and he's played really well seemingly every time I've watched Dowling play this uh-huh. year. And there was a lineman, Bulls. Yeah, yeah. Who, Where's he going? Because he's a big kid, and that's a family. He was at Van Meter before, and then was he ended he? up at Dowling. His sister played at Waukee yeah. basketball, really good number seventy four, right? Yeah, yeah big dude out there. Yep. Uh, the night kids going out to Miami of Ohio for Dowling along yeah. that offensive line. They always got pieces. They always got pieces, and. Uh, Boy, that Dowling team, just year after yeah, year, the crazy. way they put it together, it's great. Yeah, congrats to Tom Wilson and uh, his entire staff out there. That's remarkable. It's got a sting for Gary Swenson and, and yeah. company, though, doesn't it? Your yeah, rival, true. you had an opportunity again to get it done, and just 
seven in a row, even at that level and even with the angst and the issues that people can talk, recruiting and all those things. It's incredible. Nobody else has ever been able to do this. Uh, Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go call around college football to start off the 11 o'clock hour. Scott Dockerman at the bottom of the hour will recap uh, the Illinois win and take a look ahead to Nebraska with Doc. We take you until noon. Glad you're with us. Another hour to go. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.